This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. I was thinking about my earliest memory of, um, of my father, who actually is no longer with us. You know, he's going to, go, uh, he's going to heaven. And I was remembering one time when my brother, when my, my dad um, took my brother and I uh, to this beautiful place at a river. By the way, I'm from Kenya, so, you know, we have those beautiful uh, uh, intersections where the rivers, like three rivers, join together. And I remember this afternoon, spending a whole afternoon with my father. And the only thing that I was, um, that I, the only word that I, that I, that I could think about my father. He was many things. He was my, our provider. He protected us. But I remember this afternoon, I experienced my father as a friend. You know? And it was sweet. I remember him taking us to this store and we bought a gum. You know, he bought us gum, which was like a precious item those days. You know, big G. And I remember us chewing together. We sat by the river a whole afternoon. My, my, my father, my brother and I, and, um, and this morning, actually, I won't. And I know sometimes when we talk about Father's Day, it, it, could be, uh, it could bring some hard feelings for some of you. You know, you may have not had a good, you know, experience. You may have a bad experience of, your fa- of a father. Uh, your father may have been absent. And I know that's true for some. And, but I want to say that I'm praying for you this morning. And, you know, we're praying for healing and health. So let's not be triggered. You know, sometimes we get triggered, you know, when we have these kind of celebrations, you know. Um, my father was not perfect, you know, but I was a friend. I remember he sat with, with us many times and I could experience, I remember him as a friend. Happy Father's Day once again. Fathers, we see you, we honor you once again. We, we see you, uh, we see you serving, we see you caring, we see you loving, we see you providing. But we see you, as I was reminded this morning, that you guys are not just providers, but we see you stepping up to be, uh, to be priests in your house, to be priests in your homes, which is an honor that God has bestowed on fathers, priests. God has given you a mandate, and I know you do that. You know, it's not about being perfect. And I'll be talking about that today. I'll be talking about God's calling on our lives as we serve him, whether you're a dad or a mom or at your workplace or serving even even in ministry, God's calling for us to serve him actually is an invitation into friendship with him. It's an invitation into friendship with him. So we are in this series, we're talking about servolution. Servolution is actually God calling us into a, a lifestyle, living a lifestyle of serving. One in, in Savannah gave a great word, by the way, last two Sundays. Please go and listen if you, if you didn't listen to that. You know, we'll listen again. But I want to continue this morning on the same series of serving. And we are trying to answer this question. How do we remain motivated to live a life of serving? How do we remain as a dad, as a mom, at your workplace, even serving in ministry? How do we remain motivated? To live in a lifestyle, a life of serving. So, I'd like to ask us to turn into the into our Bibles. We'll read a couple of scriptures from the Book of Ruth, 
the book of Ruth chapter 2 and verse 5 to verse 7. Then I'll jump to verse 17 and verse 18. And then finally verse 23. Ruth 2, 5 to 7, 17 to 18 and 23. Just a couple of verses. And we can read along. I think uh, it's on the screen. So verse 5 says, Boaz asked the four men of his harvesters, whose young man, whose young woman, I'm sorry, is that? The four men replied, she is the Moabites who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She went into the, into the field and has worked steadily from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. Jump to verse 17. So Ruth grinned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered, and it amounted to about an ephah. It's about 66 pounds. She carried it back to the town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. Then finally, verse 23. So Ruth stayed close to the servant girls of Boaz to glean until the harvest and the wheat harvests were finished. And she lived with her mother-in-law, or she served her mother-in-law. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for just the sweetness of your spirit, Lord. I thank you for rest. I thank you for peace. I thank you for life. I thank you, Lord, for the joy that you give us, Lord, and that you call us friends, oh, Father. And so I thank you that today as we hear from your word, oh, God, that, Lord, you'll invite, you'll invite us, oh, God, into your heart, oh, God, into that close, closeness, oh, God, that I, I remember of feeling my father, my own father, God, me and my brother, feeling this closeness as we sat by the river, this beautiful place, a whole afternoon, spending, spending together, Lord. I thank you, God, that today you will remind us that even as you call us to serve, Lord, you call us into friendship with you, Father God. And so I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. So I want to recap the story of Ruth. So Ruth is a Moabite. So there's a man from Judah in Bethlehem. His name is Elimelech. He goes to Moab. That's the neighboring country of Israel because there was famine in Israel. He goes with his wife Naomi and his two sons. They are in Moab. And then his two sons marries these two women, Orpha and Ruth. While they were in Moab, Elimelech, Naomi's husband dies. And then 10 years later, the two sons dies. So Naomi is left with her daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth. And Naomi has no other choice. She hears the, there's good news in Bethlehem that there is bread in the house of, of Bethlehem. And so she comes back, but she tells these two daughters, go back to your mother home, mother's house. And you can marry other husbands because I don't have ability to give you more husbands. But 
Orpah says, Orpah says, uh, goes back, but Ruth says, I will go with you. She says these wonderful words, that wherever you go, I'll go with you. You know, she says, your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. So where we read the scriptures, is when now Ruth is back, Ruth and Naomi, they are back, and Ruth takes upon herself the responsibility of serving her mother-in-law, Naomi. And we saw how she went over and above in her life of serving. If you read those scriptures, they are amazing how, you know, she spent the whole day. I can read it again for us that we get the picture here. Verse 5 says, again, just quickly, verse, I'll read verse actually 6. The foreman replied, she's a Moabite who came back from Moab um, with Naomi. She said, please, let me glean. Let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She went into the field and has worked steadily from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. Verse 17, verse 18 says the same thing. We see how serving hard. So the story of Ruth is an example of someone who impacted the mission of the kingdom through her life of serving. Ruth made through her life of serving. She made through all this heavy lifting. We see her cutting back the harvest to her mother-in-law. 66 pounds. I don't know how long the, the trip was. And brings to her mother-in-law, Naomi. She made it back because she remained motivated by what in Hebrew, and I'm going to be talking about this this morning, is referred to as hesed. Don't, don't panic yet. You're going to be talking about hesed, okay? So, it's a Hebrew word, and I'll be talking about it uh, later. She had an encounter with hesed. And so we see this word hesed, again, Ruth chapter 1 and verse 8, so that we can have context. If you can turn your eyes back into the screen, the scripture is there. I'm going to just read it from my notes. Ruth 1, 8 says, May the Lord show, these are the words of Naomi to Ruth. It says, may the, may the Lord show you loving kindness, or has said, as you have sown, shown loving kindness, has said. So that's how we get the word has said. So the reason why this is important is because if we don't have the right motivation for serving, we will end up with what we call compassion fatigue. Uh, everyone, everyone ever heard about that? You know, we talk about compassion fatigue, especially in healthcare, right? We talk about how, you know, among even our own the nurses, you know, and I got some statistics here among the hospital nurses. According to a study, 40% of nurses today, they report feeling compassion fatigue. 30% of nurses quit because in 2021 because of compassion fatigue. So compassion fatigue is a present reality in our society today about serving. And I, and I just want to even pause here and just recognize that, you know, that our nurses, they have a lot of work. And, you know, actually today, actually this week, we are celebrating a work in, house, in healthcare. We are celebrating the, the nursing assistance week, you know, and I know that some people in our midst who are, have, are in the nursing profession, so we just want to honor you because of the work you do. But, but compassion fatigue actually is not only limited within the healthcare; it's a present reality within our society today as a whole. I work as a hospice chaplain, 
you know and i so i spent most of my days holding the hands of those who are dying and praying that they see the witness of jesus you know i've been working as a hospice chaplain for seven years and one thing that i've come to realize that if i'm not if i'm not careful i can end up experiencing compassion fatigue i can end up just surviving going through the motions of praying or saying prayers and giving holy communion to my patients without having connection with god i've come to realize that this it's so easy it's so easy for us as a people to come to a breaking point and we experience compassion fatigue and sadly Compassion fatigue happens within the church too. Jonah in the Bible. Jonah is an example of someone who God had called him to serve and experienced compassion fatigue and he quit from the mission that God had called him. And now I know with the recent pandemic, we've experienced so much loss that most people are finding it easy to quit because of compassion fatigue. And for those who don't quit, the majority end up merely going through the motions just surviving at your workplace just surviving at your home as a dad or a mom so i'm here this morning to just encourage you encourage you because we as a church have been called to impact the mission of god through the life of serving Mark chapter 10 verse 45 says, For the Son of Man did not come to, serve, to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Amen. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the light of the world. And then he turned back, he said, you are the light of the world. So you see, in following Jesus, we've been called to live a life of serving. You know, sometimes serving is heavy lifting, like we saw with Ruth. You know, sometimes I try to serve Alice, my wife. And I serve her in many ways. But one of the ways I serve Alice, she goes to Ikea. Anyone knows Ikea? And she buys, she buys this product and brings to me, maybe to build a storage cabinet or wall units, right? <laughs> Guys, man, Ikea, they have the worst instructions to follow. So I, after maybe spending maybe six hours trying to put together this product, you know, you know, I, 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 I find myself becoming a little bit more, a little bit resentful towards the product and towards my wife. I, I, I get compassion fatigue towards Alice just building IKEA products. You know, especially when you have, you have taken time to build it and then you see some parts are still unused lying on the floor. So, I mean, we have agreed just to keep peace at our home. We have agreed to keep, to stay away from Ikea. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you know, sometimes serving, living a life of serving feels like putting together a product from Ikea. <laughs> right? You, serving the mission of God involves a lot of heavy lifting. I don't know about you. And it's, and it's so easy to experience that compassion fatigue. So how do we live a life of serving this lifestyle? And avoid compassion fatigue. How do we remain motivated living a life of serving? So Ruth encountered with God's said, And she was motivated to remain serving. And she impacted the mission of the kingdom of God as we are going to see later. Ruth of course had heard about the God of Israel. She was a Moabite. 
but she had heard about the God of Israel. And she had heard about, about the story of Moses and his encounter with God and how God revealed to, to Moses his name. And one of God's name was God, the name was, was the God of Hesed. So Hesed is a Hebrew word. And it's such a rich word that there's not one English word that is equivalent to translate it. So in most times in the Bible, the word Hesed is translated using two, a compound word like loving kindness, steadfast love, unfailing love. And this word actually appears three more times in the book of Ruth. So the book of Ruth, that's why we are talking it in the book of Ruth. It's all about God's said. So what's God's said? And we're going to turn into our, um, our Bibles again to a scripture in the book of Exodus. Um, that's verse 34. You can turn with me. Exodus uh, chapter 34, verse 5 uh, to verse 7. I think I had my scripture here. All right. So it's Exodus 34. Then we will read from verse 5 to verse 7. Actually, we'll read only verse 7a, the part A of verse 7. Let's read it. I'm going to read from NIV. Uh, verse 5 says, Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name. That's Moses. He's proclaiming his name before Moses. He says, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. So actually this scripture that we just read, it appears exactly this, this words appears 20 more times in the Bible within the Bible. It is the most recorded scripture within the Bible. You can read that in Nehemiah 9 verse 17, Numbers 14, 18, Psalms 8, 86, 15, Joel 2, 13, Jonah 4, 2, Psalms 145, 8. The same words. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love. So, we see this word has said it's that word in verse 6 and 7, abounding in love, abounding has said. And then verse 7 says, maintaining love or maintaining has said. So in has said, God revealed his deepest part of himself, the deepest part of himself to Moses. It's the only time in scripture that God repeats his personal unspeakable name. The Lord, the Lord, or Yahweh, Yahweh. So now we know Moses He's waiting for God to reveal his name. And Moses may have expected smoke, fire, and thunderstorm, but God reveals his said, God reveals his loving kindness. You see, God introduces the character of his name, not through his power, but through his kindness. God demonstrates his power. He demonstrates his strength, not through fire and thunder, but through kindness, his kindness. So the great surprise to Moses is not that God is holy. The great surprise to Moses is not that God is powerful. The great surprise to Moses is God is kind. So in, in revealing God's kindness, in revealing his own kindness, God is telling Moses, I want to be your friend. 
So remember the context. Moses is coming down the mountain. He has received the Ten Commandments. And down the hill, he finds the children of Israel worshiping a golden calf. Moses is freaked out. He's mad. And he's about actually to quit leading the children of Israel to the promised land. He throws down the, the, ten, the ten Commandments and breaks them. Because Moses was so much consumed with having a, a perfect performance in his serving the Lord. But in his head, Moses now learns one of the most important lessons about living a life of serving. Moses learned that all that God wanted was to go with him. All that God was wanted was to be his friend. God was not about Moses giving a perfect performance. And you know, it happens so many times to us because, I don't know, sometimes, you know, the church, we, we give this, we give this, we act and we give this impression to the people outside that we are perfect people. You know, we, we have this thing that, you know, we, we create this impression that serving the mission of God, you have to be a perfect person. But that's contrary to the scriptures. Because God used imperfect people to serve his mission. Right? We know that to be true because Moses was not perfect. Moses actually had anger issues. Yet God used him. Moses had a stammering tongue, yet God used him. Moses breaks down the Ten Commandments that God himself had handwritten. Yet God uses him and tells him, all I want to do is to go with you. So serving God is an invitation to all of us. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7 says that we have this treasure in other vessels. That the excellence of God's power may be of God and not of us. So people, if you're a dad or a mom, or you're a daughter or a son, or at your workplace, you're trying to serve the mission of God, and if you like, you have to be perfect, you don't have it all together, I'm here to encourage you. Fresh news, breaking news, hashtag not perfect. God will use you to serve his mission as imperfect as you are. All God is asking is, and he asked Moses, can I be your friend? Can you be my friend? And Moses learns that, the, that serving the mission of God should be motivated by friendship with God. And you know, I, I noticed something. The first time God gives Moses the Ten Commandments, that was the work of God alone. The second time, the Ten Commandments were the work of God, of both God and Moses. You know, because God wants to involve Moses in his work. So God does not just want to write your story, but actually he invites you and me to write his story with us. So from the, from the encounter with, with his said, Moses' motivation to serve God, leading the children of Israel to the promised land, it's radically changed. And we see that the very first word that comes from Moses' mouth after this encounter, Moses says, please go with us. Chapter that is, that in 4 verse 9. But Moses gets it because earlier on in, verse, in, in chapter 32, God had already said, I will personally go with you. So that we see this, the exchange of these words between God and Moses is the beginning of a friendship between God and Moses. Exodus 33 says that God spoke to Moses. 
face to face as one speaks to a friend. So there are very many ideas we can talk about Hesed. We can talk about covenant faithfulness. We can talk about loyal love. But in simple terms, from the context, Hesed means that God wants to be your friend. Moses says, if you do not personally go with us, please don't make us leave this place. Please don't make me serve you if you will not personally go with me. You know, we, 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 we shouldn't take the, 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 the next step bef- until we feel that the Lord is with us, until we feel that we have received God's friendship. We shouldn't go surviving and in emotions until we've invited God's friendship. So Moses learns that friendship with God should motivate his serving God's mission. So I'm here to encourage, don't give up on your mission or serving the mission God has given you. Actually, I feel this word is especially for those who have labored and served God for a long time. And you're at a place where you're facing some t- setbacks or you're at a place where you, you're losing focus or you're feeling um, some sort of loss, whether it's loss of confidence, whether it's loss of good health. Guys, I get it. I get it. I understand. I'm turning 48 next week. I'm going to be 48. And, and, and you know, as, we, as we grow older, as we grow older, our bodies start to speak to us. And we can begin doubting whether we still have a place of serving in the mission of God. So I want to speak to you. If you've labored for a long time, if you've labored, you've served for a long time, and all these things are speaking back to you, whether it's your emotions, whether it's your body, the Lord tells you, I will go with you. I will go with you. Or like Ruth and Naomi, you feel like you're losing hope. God says, I'll go with you. He's inviting you that you make your circumstances, your situation, the place of friendship with him. That's good. Make your circumstances, your situation, the place of God's friendship with you. God gently accommodates himself to our terms without overwhelming us with his own terms. He accommodates us to himself. God wants to be a friend. Jesus said to his disciples, I no longer call you servants. Instead, I now call you my friends. I no longer call you servants. Instead, I now call you my friends. That's the greatest statement about serving God. God is a friend who understands you and is willing to take the journey with you without requiring you to be perfect. Through Jesus, God has made his own story part of our own story. And in his said, God is giving us everything we need to serve him, to serve his mission. But most especially, God gives us himself in Jesus. Jesus himself is our said who motivates and sustains our lives of serving you know, we talk about this, that Jesus was successful in the mission that the Father had called him to serve because Jesus actually had an encounter with God, he said, long before Jesus healed anybody, long before he did any miracle, the Father says to Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I am well placed, in whom I have my said in. It's only an encounter of friendship with God that is going to help us 
to remain motivated in our life of serving even through the seasons of life because things change i've worked with the lord i came to know jesus when i was 20 now it's been 28 years walking with jesus it's been through all kinds of seasons friends through all kinds of seasons from africa been to south korea to the u.s been through all kinds of seasons and i know through the seasons of life as you serve the lord things change what what motivates us what should motivate our our remaining in the lifestyle in the life of serving is understanding god's friendship an encounter of his friendship through all seasons of life you see ruth was in a season of loss she had lost almost everything all ruth has now is naomi a mother-in-law who is heartbroken but ruth had an encounter with god as a friend the name ruth means a friend Ruth's name depicts the enduring character of God who is a friend. She didn't have it all together, but Ruth understood God was willing to take the journey with her. You see, five times in the book of Ruth, in the story of Ruth, Ruth is referred to as Ruth the Moabite. People called her stranger. People called her foreigner. But Ruth doesn't act from a spirit, from a spirit of, from an orphan spirit. She doesn't carry herself as a stranger. But it was friendship with God that motivated Ruth into a lifestyle of serving. And we know that she had an impact on the mission of the kingdom of God. We know that Ruth became the great-grandmother of King David. And the name Ruth, Ruth appears in the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1. She's actually one of the unnamed heroines. In the book of Hebrews chapter 11. She understood. Though a stranger. Though a foreigner. She understood that God had a place for her as a friend. And she walked with God. I'm convinced that people who are going to remain serving the Lord. And not just surviving. Not just going through the motions. Those people will need or will have an encounter with God has said an encounter an understanding that God is a friend this calling of friendship with God so whether you are serving your mother-in-law like Ruth or whether you are serving at your workplace or whether you are serving here at Harbor I'm encouraging and I'm inviting you that God is inviting you to know him as a friend to know him as a friend you can take to God all kinds of circumstances to him you can take your situation to God seasons change but don't quit don't hold back you still have a place in the mission of serving his kingdom there's a place for you there's a place for you we are called to serve for the we are called to live for the cause of, of serving his mission and sometimes we will not see the full impact of our action. Sometimes we don't see the full impact of our life of serving. And that's why it's important to understand God's has to understand friendship with God. When you have served for a long time and you don't, you don't see the rewards, you don't see the outcome of what you've been doing, you remain motivated because of God's friendship. That God wants to go with you. Even in times when it seems nothing is happening. You see, the book of Ruth, they are not big names. 
We don't see priests or prophets. We just see ordinary people. Ruth, Naomi, Boaz, who actually is a picture of Jesus. These were ordinary folks who acted out, out of an understanding or an encounter of friendship with God. I'm convinced that our friendship with God, our friendship with God will be more important. Sometimes we wait for these revivals, and I believe in revivals. I believe in these impossible miracles of God. But God's work, God's work won't be accomplished through these one-off revivals or through these extraordinary, impossible miracles. God's mission will be accomplished through our everyday life of serving as ordinary people at your workplace at your at your at your home as a, as a dad mom son daughter ordinary people ordinary folks everyday life of serving everyday life of serving our friendship with god is not based on how well or how bad we serve i like it right but even when we fail, we fail. Because sometimes in, in serving the Lord, you feel like you're, you fail. His friendship, His being with you is not based on that. So this morning, I just wanted to bring a word of reminding you that actually mission or, or work of, the work of serving God's mission is an invitation into His friendship. If you forget everything I said, please don't forget that. The Lord, the, the reason why God is calling you into serving His mission that's not the point. The point is God wants your friendship. God wants to be with you. He wants to partner with you. So I just want to welcome you, invite you to rise up on your feet. If you have children, please, at the back, please, I want to release you. Go and um, release our workers. They've been serving since morning. So go and pick up your kids, please. But I just want to invite you this moment, please. And I just want to, I want to, ask you to hear God's invitation into friendship with him I don't know whether you have known God as a friend you know our relationship with God we talk we use so many metaphors we say we are his bride we are his body we are his servants but I love this metaphor of God as a friend I love it I love it because I know I can lean on to God regardless of how well or how bad I feel like I'm serving the Lord so I just want to invite you into this place. And if you can, please start talking, start, start speaking to the Lord. Start speaking to the Lord and, and inviting Him. Inviting Him into having an encounter with you. I just pray for that for you today. Today. God sees where you are. God sees you. Please. Please. And He's calling you to put your hands on the brow please don't quit please don't count yourself out he wants to use you he wants to go with you and he wants you to understand he's a friend he's a friend he can go you can go with him he's a friend who is not worried about us being perfect dear lord we thank you lift up your hands before the lord come on lift up before the lord, your hands before him He's a friend. He's a friend. And he's here. He's a friend. He's a, a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That's Jesus. He sticks closer. How faithful are the words of a friend? How faithful are his words? 
invites us, even when he knows sometimes we will hurt him or we will wound him, he still invites us. He still invites us. He still invites us. We thank you this morning, Father. We thank you, God, for my friends this morning, especially Father's Day, our fathers in this community. Lord, we thank you, God, for them. Thank you for how hard they have, they have served, oh God. How hard they have put their hands to serve their families day in, day out. I just pray for them, Lord, to serve their children, to serve their wives, oh God. Lord, provide, to protect, oh God, to stand up, to love, to care. And sometimes it can become difficult, Lord. Sometimes we can face emotional exhaustion, Lord. I just pray even now, Lord, they will draw from your well. They will draw from the well of you as a friend, oh God. They will feel encouraged, oh God. There will be strength pouring upon them right now. Rest, rest, and peace, and freedom, and love from the Father. Love from the Father, God. I pray that you embrace this man, oh God. Embrace them today, Lord. Let them feel your friendship, oh God. Let them feel you're so close to them. Like I felt when my father took me to that river and we sat a whole afternoon. I have that memory. That's what you invite us to do, Lord. Whatever it is the Lord has called you to do, his first calling on your life is to be his friend. Is to be his friend. And I thank you, Lord. I bless my my family, Lord, I bless everyone today, Lord, as we start of a new, a new week. Go with us, Lord. You said in your word, you will go with us. And so I thank you, Lord, that you accompany every one of us, Lord. And today as we sit and we honor and we pause to appreciate the fathers, we thank you, God. I just pray that every father in this house, oh God, and the sound of my, my voice, oh God, will feel loved and appreciated, oh God. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Come on, give Jesus a clap offering. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Have a wonderful week ahead. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.